1: Hello, Coach Brock. Hey, Coach. How are ya? How are you? Feeling great. Now you're doing great, right?
0: Yeah, it wasn't so hot, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, part of it wasn't as bad as you think, and part of it was probably worse than you think. So probably middle of the road. But uh, yeah, we're, I'm doing great. I have a cough every once in a while. Just it's kind of humid down here in Florida. I still got to be down here for another a couple of days. There's no signs other than you know I had some weight loss, which was really a good thing.
1: So please meet my friend John Brock. He's better known as Coach Brock, and I've known you, John, for about 20 years. And I am so grateful to God for your life. John is just recovering from having the coronavirus, and I'm grateful that you're willing to share your story with us.
0: Hi, Beth. Yeah, I I did, and God was good. He took incredible care of me. It was an up-and-down roller coaster, but I just wanted to, to talk with you and share with you the the message of hope. I know this is not a good situation. It's not a good time in our country. It's not a good time in our world and this unprecedented thing that's happening. But there is hope. There is joy. And uh, God is still in control. And I'm evidence of that, proof of that. So
1: can you give us a little rundown? Like, how did you know you had it? Were you tested for it? I think you were out of the country when this happened.
0: Uh, yeah. When I originally would have contracted the disease, my wife Heidi and I were invited to go to France to uh, encourage a, a group of christian broadcasters and uh while i was there i would have contracted the disease we were very careful um trying to you know at that time in late february it was on the kind of the cutting edge of all of this in america and certainly in france and so we you know did all the precautions hand sanitizer washed our hands you know kept away from people for the most part but a wonderful pastor who's a friend of mine brought us to the airport. As it turned out he was sick. While he never tested positive, all 15 of the employees at that radio station ended up contracting corona along with myself, and very likely it was from him. And so uh, I was over in U.K. for the first part of my two-week experience and then in South Florida, and that's when the symptoms really, really got bad.
1: What type of symptoms, John?
0: Well, when it first hit me, it was about 48 hours after Uh, you know, we hugged, said goodbye, prayed together. And about two days later, while I was still in the UK, the first thing that hit me was, uh, I just felt like I got smacked by a truck. Mm. I just got so tired. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon. And we were um, in Liverpool. And I said to my wife, honorable we got to get back to the hotel. I'm not feeling good, and so uh, I said I'm just tired. And so I lay down, thought I'd take a nap, and it was about a 12-hour nap. Uh, immediately lost my appetite; food didn't even sound good, taste good. And for the first part of that that week, in fact, for six days, that's the only symptoms I had. I didn't have a cough, I didn't have a fever, I didn't have chills. I was just run down and tired. I, in fact, I slept 12 hours, I did some ministry things, and then went and took a four-hour nap. And I thought, wow, this is unusual. But you know, I was busy; it was a hectic travel schedule, and you know, just like life. And so we called the national health services. They said, listen, you don't have no one's tested has turned out positive and you don't have any other symptoms. We don't think it's Corona. It was when I returned and got to Florida that the cough began the fever began to spike, and I got these incredible chills, and that's when we got tested, and two days later, I found out that I had had the disease. Now, there's good uh, hope and joy in the midst of this. First of all, no one at the radio station that I was at at this other ministry event ended up coming up positive. Uh, On the flight I had uh, back from uh, the U.K., I actually had a row in front of me, a row behind me, and nobody sitting next to me. Mm. So, again, I didn't. I wasn't contagious at that time, but I was like, I want to keep my distance just in case I don't want to get it. But if, what if I did? And, you know, thoughts kind of happened. Uh, I got tested on that Monday. They originally thought it was influenza, but uh, when I got my results, I was at the tail end of it. And, and Beth, I, I was in a little trouble, a little respiratory trouble. But uh, I have a phenomenal doctor at home uh, we began to pray. Uh, in fact, the tough part was I'm in a two bedroom condo with my mom, uh, something we do you know, each year in Florida. The great news is she was my caregiver. We followed all the precautions, did everything that we were supposed to do. And now two weeks later, she has had never had a symptom. My wife was with me on this trip. She never got the disease. The goodness in the midst of all of this, I know it's very contagious. But if you follow the steps, and even if you're in close, uh, you know, in proximity to somebody, but you follow those correct steps, there's hope in the midst of this. And, you know, probably three, four times I thought, Lord, you better show up here. This thing isn't letting go of me. It's got me, and it's just not letting me go. But it was an over-the-counter medicine that really helped. My doctor was phenomenal, and uh, really it was three, three and a half, four days at the most of these really, really bad symptoms.
1: Well, John, I'm so glad you're healing. What was the over-the-counter medicine?
0: I'm not a doctor, so I want to be very careful about this. But um, the, I, I went and I got tested at an outpatient clinic from a wonderful hospital in Lee County. And he said, if you're having trouble breathing, and I said, well, I'm starting a little cough. And Again, remember, this is eight days into, well, as it turned out, to, you know, be, turning positive. Um, he said, listen, I'm going to suggest Mucinex. Um mm-hmm. And he gave me a couple of samples, and he said, if you get in any trouble, try this. But again, i got to be careful because I'm not a doctor. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and one of the things my doctor said is, John, you can't have a fever reducer. If you do that, you've got to let this thing burn away and so that was his, his suggestion. He wasn't sure about the mucinex, but the three or four times Beth, I got in trouble. One was about two in the morning and I I was trying not to take the medicine much because I thought, well, I want to follow orders or whatever. When I really was at my lowest and I thought at this point in time, God, I'm dying, but whatever you want. And this was a hard prayer to pray. And I'm not the spiritual guy. So whatever. I, I just love God. And I, I'm like, I never bargained with him. I never begged him. I just said, God, I trust you. But, um, you're going to have to do something here. And if, if it's in my life or my death, I want you to be glorified. Wow. I want you to be praised. You felt that bad. It, it was that bad. And you know what? It took the action within 20 minutes. I won't say I was fine, but I wasn't that where I can't breathe this mm. coughing. I'm, I'm, you know, I can't catch my breath. That really helped me. Again, I might be different. I, I don't want to play a doctor on the radio. We've got to be real careful. But for me, that's what absolutely got me through. In, in some ways, saved my life. Man. Yep. Pretty bad. But I got to tell you, the other thing is, God was really good. Our, our small group went through a study from Philippians 4 last fall mm. called Anxious for Nothing. Mm. And in the midst of this, God recalled those those scriptures where Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything give thanks. And it's like, well, wait a minute. How can you do that in the midst of a virus? Well, he was in a prison. He wasn't getting out. He was going to die. He was in the middle of this cold, damp, dank place. And he says, Be anxious for nothing. And what that means is it's like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm in this disease. we got this thing all around us in our country, all around us in our cities, all around us in our community. How can you not be fearful? What he's saying there is, look, it's okay to be afraid. God's perfect love casts it out. It's not okay to stay there. When he says be anxious for nothing, it's like don't let the angst, don't let that worry be a weight on your shoulders choking you out. Confess it to God. Just say, look, God, I'm having trouble with this. I'm afraid. Of course we are. Lord, I, I'm, I'm, I'm angry. Of course we are just don't stay there. And as I kind of rehearsed that scripture in my mind, God just brought it back. Again, I'm no spiritual giant, but for me, I remembered, listen, this thing may stop my breathing, but God's got me where he wants me. I trust you, Lord. Mm. There's going to be a message out of this. And Mm. that's, I guess, why I'm on on your show today.
1: Uh, John, because you are filled with hope and healing. And actually, this is a week-long turning point in your life.
0: Uh, seven, seven, eight days. Yep.
1: And God's going to use this story, John.
0: Well, and I look back, Beth, and I, you know, kind of think, wow. You know, my prayer was when I found out. I'm like, oh no, I wouldn't want to pass this on anybody, knowingly or unknowingly, of course. So I contacted the airline, uh, told them what happened. Immediately called the places that I had been to, and that's when I found out that the station in France, all fifteen of them, tested positive later, along the same time I did. Fortunately, none of them went to the hospital. They had very symptoms, but they're all fine. Uh, their families are all fine. So praise God for that. Um, and again, I kept my distance at the airlines, certainly went into quarantine when I found, actually when I got tested, that's immediately when I went to quarantine. I was like, I am not taking any chances with anyone or anything. Locked myself in the bedroom. Again, my mom followed all the precautions of masks, bleach, sanitizer, not getting close. But, uh, and again, God was good. Listen, I I know the statistics, and I know it doesn't look good right now, and I know fear is rampant. If even one person dies of this, it is horrible, it's cruel, but it is not always what all the media is saying about it. There is hope in the midst of this, there is joy, but please, have faith, but take the precautions, Mm. do it.
1: I'm so grateful that you were able to manage this at home. Actually, I think a lot of people have had this and just don't realize it, they thought it was a bad flu.
0: I would agree with that 100%, but interesting, my wife thought she had it. Uh, As it turned out, it was an upper respiratory infection. She didn't test positive. Mm. So because the flu situation is happening in many parts of the country, still influenza is still strong. You've got that all mixed up with this. And so, again, it's tough. It adds to the anxiety. It adds to the fear. It adds to the challenges and just makes it hard for everyone. But I hope you're praying for, and I know you are, for our hospital workers, our doctors. Mm. I have close friends that are both, and they would never say it because they're heroes. But I'm reading it. I'm hearing it, it under the tone. I've got a wonderful friend who, uh, who's a doctor, and I know he, he's as tough as nails, but I know at, at, at night it's tough because uh, they're facing the, the toughest thing in this world. So, uh, and I know people are, are like, wait a minute, the health department, come on. These guys are doing the very best they can, and I can't say enough for the care I was given from uh, the doctor that you know, had diagnosed this to the doctor, my friend doctor took care of me. I can't say enough of what our country's doing. Forget the political stuff. Everybody's doing their best to put a stop to this, and I've been deeply impressed. And I hope it's time for our country to come together and and, uh, bring hope and bring joy in the midst of this because God will be lifted up. Jesus will be lifted up before men. And they're going to be story after story, much better than mine, Mm. of people who have stepped up and it's going to be allowing the church to be the church because that's what we're supposed to be. and That's what we're supposed to do is take care of each other.
1: John, I am so grateful for your healing, and I cannot wait to see how God is going to use you and this story because you are an incredible speaker. Hey, I have a simple question. Sure. Did you just go to your regular primary care doctor when you thought perhaps you needed a test? How did that all go down?
0: Oh, I just went, you know what? I I was down again on vacation. My niece is a nurse in one of the hospitals, and we just went to an outpatient clinic from that hospital. And immediately when I walked in the door, they handed me a mask and said, you sit over there before they even found out what was going on. And then uh, I, I, when I said I have these symptoms, they said, OK, we're going to put you in kind of this airproof, germproof room or whatever. Uh, made sure they kept me away from everybody. Then they gave me the influenza test. And they found out in 15 minutes I was negative, And that's when they came in and gave me the corona test. And they said, we're going to send you home. We're going to ask you to stay away from everybody. Go out the back door. Uh, stay away from everybody. Don't cough on anybody. Don't get near anybody you <laughs> We'll give you the results in two days, and Mm. that's exactly what happened.
1: Okay, you really had to wait it out.
0: No, at one point in time, and again, we're talking about two weeks ago when the worst of the symptoms were, more than that, a little bit. At at one point, my mom said, do we need to go to the hospital? And that was that two o'clock in the morning thing, and because the cough was unbelievable. I thought I might be in a little bit of trouble here, and I said, let me try the medicine. If not, we'll go to the hospital. But that was it. It was basically, oh, here's the other thing. It's the worst thing in the world. It is grog, it's called bone broth. Uh, My doctor had said, forget the chicken noodle soup. You need the heavy stuff. It's called, uh, several different kinds, bone broth. It is horrible, it's disgusting. But number one, it's the only thing I could eat. And number two, immediately my lungs would start to clear the antibodies, I could just kind of feel better within 15, 20 minutes. So that was another really important product that I use. Again, my doctor recommended that. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to get anybody in trouble, or you'll probably have wonderful doctors going, don't do that. But I'm just telling you what worked for me, and it got me through, and I'm incredibly grateful. Um, And the last part of this is we already know these stories. You're seeing them all over. The fish is first and foremost in all of this. But my prayer has been, God, open up our eyes. To be able to help people at a safe distance and socially distant and all that but because we're socially distant we don't have to be distant socially mm. and i'm hearing story after story not from my just little church in michigan but all over the country of people that are stepping up and god through the power of his holy spirit is prompting people to start ministries without calling them that they're just being in the hands and feet of jesus and i'm telling you at the end of this thing. Um, we're going to see and hear unbelievable stories of people of kindness. And in some ways, uh, God didn't cause us, of course, but he's going to bring something together for good. We can be confident in that.
1: I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your healing. I just praise God that he has taken you through this, and I'll put you in a place where you can just speak his glories as having been there, done that, with the biggest challenge we have all ever faced together as a a world.
0: Beth, you're a great friend. I've been praying for you and your daughters, for, for your listeners. And uh, if you'd allow me to, I'd love to close in prayer, if that'd be okay. Thank you, John. Father, in Jesus' name, we're asking you to hold back the tide. With thanksgiving, with honor, with confidence, we know that with the power of your mighty right hand, nothing is too hard for you. There's nothing impossible for you. And this has been a tragedy. This has been horrendous, not just in our area of the country, not just in the United States, but all over the globe. Panic and fear set in. Only you can set that aside. God, would you do a miracle even today And the families that are listening right now? Would you allow not that fear to take over, that anxiety be loosened, and that people with thanksgiving would then be able to respond, number one, to you, but respond to you by taking care and doing something else for somebody else who's completely wrapped in fear? Would you receive honor and glory? Would you take care of our families? Would you take care of Beth and her girls? Watch over them in a great, great way. And at the end, God, we know— and powerful joy and incredible hope because of an empty tomb that we're going to celebrate in just a short time, that this great power will be available to all of us. Watch over, guide, direct, and we'll give you glory because we know something good is coming. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen.